0: salutations and a warm welcome to all of my unlucky lounge rats throughout the multiverse we are excited to have you joining us here for yet another episode of draft and draft my name is Corey, your limited lore master and denizen of the unlucky lounge joined as always by my fantastic bear tender you need him to help you fill out your limited brews. his name is borok borok dude what is up my man <laughs> Yeah, you wouldn't expect to have a lot of exciting things happening in this random doldrum time between Corset and Zendikar Rising, but we got a lot of news and potentially a game-changer in the world of mtg as we know the world here today but we're going to get into that and also do some drafting in between some breakdown of this latest news and information but before we get to any of that a little bits of housekeeping this podcast as always is brought to you by the believe podcast network check them out b-l-e-a-v.com for a bunch of wonderful shows and contents centered around the things that you love. Check them out wherever you download your podcasts. And as always, this podcast is here because of all of you. Thank you for tuning in week after week. And even if we take seven days off, the fact that you come back and listen, it means the world to us so please find us on twitter at draft and draft cory you can find me on my instagram cory demone enriquez or look us up on patreon draft and draft an mtg podcast if we've been giving you some chuckles some smiles think about throwing some dollars our way to help us keep the lights on here in the unlucky lounge but ultimately thank you for continuing to tune in well, that is enough of the housekeeping. The Sorcerer's Broom is put back into the Conjurer's Closet, and today's episode is going to serve a pretty cool dual purpose. First and foremost, we are going to be doing an Amonkhet Remaster Draft, just to get back into the feels of podcasting and drafting at the same time, and of course get a chance to reach out to all my unlucky lounge rats out there and say, well... Hello! It's been a while, and I do apologize for not having an episode last week, had a guest lined up, and then last minute had to cancel. And now, in the meantime, we're starting to make a pretty cool plan for a rather extensive episode. So, instead of hurrying out something that may not have been so great, I wanted to, well, just get back on, talk about something I'm really excited about right now, and get a chance to draft with all of you once more. But before we get to our next Amonkhet Remastered Draft, let's go ahead and go with an old tradition. Friends, wherever you are, take a second, hold your drink up, no matter what it is, and let's have ourselves an untap step. Oof, Morak, look at you cracking open the top shelf whiskey for this one. Well, I certainly do appreciate it, and... Well, even in the small times where maybe it's not Christmas or a big spoiler season and we've kind of gotten some old cards recycled and Amaket Remastered, though it's not tending as slow as our was, it's definitely feeling more like Gus Walker cartouche fast, it still is an interesting time right now where we do get to fall in love with magic all over again. Uh, this last weekend was the commander fest 2 online and it was our first glimpse into the commander legends draft format and certainly there was some really exciting things to come out of it uh our pick one pack one for amuket remastered i'm doing a quick look here and a braid looks like the best uncommon there is appeal to authority which i really do like as a card there's a cartouche of solidarity but there is also a Gust Walker, and Gust Walker is just an insane card. And if we end up with more than one Gustwalker, Walker, we're in a pretty solid place. I'm either leaning towards the Abrade or the Gust Walker. The appeal to the authority green is not so great. It's it's fine, but I think right now, as things stand, considering that aggressive decks want more premium creatures, I'm just gonna go with a walker and see where you go from there. Pick two, pack one, there's a Sunset Pyramid, there's a Sacred Cat, uh, there is, however, a Kenra Eternal, another two drop with Afflict 1, there's an Open Fire, the rare is Solemnity, uh, but there is an If Near Deadlands, and it can really open up some cool late desert picks, and I'm gonna maybe go towards this. It it's basically a really nice piece of removal and it doesn't cost a slot in our deck, so let's go if near deadlands. Let's go. Our next pick uh, for black or white cards, uh, there is a fan bearer, a blighted bat, uh, and that's it for black or white cards. There is a crocodile of the crossing, but I said before, green's not so great. But crocodile is one of those aggressive green things that could pull off nicely, uh, and maybe we could get some other things like a hooded brawler and kind of put it together. If I want to stay on color, I'd take the fan bearer, and I think I'm willing to take that fan bearer right now. Unless I'm feeling the blighted back, no. Uh, this is one of those tough picks here. My lucky lounge rats. not exactly sure where to go with it. Yeah, Borok, I'm not quite feeling taking the puncturing blow, so. Uh, all right, let's take the crocodile of the crossing. Maybe there's a chance that we can find something to work with that. Uh, next pick, we see Open Fire for removal, Canyon Slow, the Black-Red Cycle Land. Uh, there's a Cartouche of Strength, which leans well into our two creature picks, the near deadlines, then getting a little abandoned. Uh, but I'm willing to go with a Cartouche. It is a solid removal spell, and maybe we can end up with some decent green large creatures like a hooded brawler as we mentioned before and kind of piece things together. Uh binding mummy is here. Now granted binding mummy works better with a black-white build still not willing to give up on the gust walker plan quite yet but hey if it's a two-two and we get a few zombies out of it it might just be worth it there's a greater sandworm there's a watchful naga but not been too impressed by said watchful naga there's a hash up oasis the uh pump spell on a green forest which isn't too bad there's also a ta crop elite it's an interesting kind of series of cards here but i'm gonna go with the binding no no, I'll go with the with the desert. Maybe we end up somewhere else, and having two deserts right now is a pretty decent place to be. Uh, we do see a Vile Manifestation now, and Vile Manifestation is not a bad place necessarily to see a, a black-green deck developing, and white really hasn't been showing up, and maybe we can get some black-green stuff going. And we've got two deserts, and an 0-4 for two is a good defensive play, so... Yeah, let's go with that. We'll put the Gus Walker uh, in the board. So as we're starting to go into the later picks of pack one, uh, the main reason I wanted to queue this up is because of today's pretty exciting announcement uh, of this new draft format known as Supreme Draft. Now, while the name is a bit kind of large and out there, I think this, this format might be something really exciting for us. Uh, we're going to take a Wander and Death, a nice cycle card, and can get some longevity in our cycle stuff, followed by another Hash-Up Oasis. Let's really get some solid desert payoffs going here. Uh, we can then take a Hollow One, we table a Hollow One, maybe we can find a few more cycle things, and, you know, even if, if it's a 4-4-4-4, four, 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 it can still be okay. Plus, I'll just take it for some gem value, because I can. And we table the Kenra Eternal that we were potentially thinking about taking early, and Hey, that fits nicely on the curve, so maybe we're starting to brew a little something black, green, deserty. y Anyway, uh, Supreme Draft, if you haven't had a chance to look at it yet, I would highly recommend going onto the main page and just take a quick read of the article because I think that this has a large potential of being something special. Uh, pick 11, pack 1, we see a wall of forgotten pharaohs. This is where, uh, with our triple deserts, wall of forgotten pharaohs some cycling payoffs maybe this is where we start to look towards getting things like trespassers curse and just getting and attritioning out some life loss maybe we can find a uh a bantu's monument as well and just play some kind of weird attrition game we find another wander and death so it brings our wander and death count up to two and this is a card that i absolutely adore uh we round out with two supernatural stamina uh going into pack two pick one we've got a solid build going on here of black, green. Let's see if we can find something to really pay us off. Uh, in this pack, the the rare and uncommons have nothing to do with green or black. A big womp on our parts. There's a Festering Mummy. There is an Oshara Cultivator. There is a Sidewinder Naga, which I'm going to maybe just take this. It's not a great pick, uh, but at least it has a little bit of legs here and there with our Triple Oasis. Maybe we can take the Osher Cultivator as a way of maybe trying to look to splash around and having an O3 to block and our double wander in death. We can maybe start to think about getting some creature fuel. Yeah, I'll go with the Osher Cultivator. It's pretty not great, but it's fine. We'll figure out something to do with it. uh Pick 2 Pack 2 is a lot more interesting, though. There is a Ruthless Sniper. Uh, it is the one two for one that you can pay one and put a minus one, minus one counter on a creature if you cycle a card. There's a Soul Stinger, which this is a card that plays quite well into the black green uh, minus one, minus one counter's matter build. Uh We might be able to table it. There's also an Oasis Ritualist, which I, I, I don't like as much. Maybe we can table this desert of the Indomitable, the green desert. Uh, let's go with the Sniper, see if we can lean a little bit heavier into some cycling payoffs and maybe do something cool Ooh, this is where we see an appeal to authority now this is where i'm more willing to take an appeal to authority uh we have the osha cultivator which can allow us to splash the authority half and if we can start to get a mass amount of creatures this card can single handedly win the game what we're giving up on is a kenra eternal uh beneath the sands both of which can potentially table there's a a pitiless visir but i'm going to take this Uh, appeal to authority, it really can give us some solid payoff. Uh, And then we see an Obelisk Spider uh, in pick two pack... Uh, sorry, pack two, pick four. Uh, nice little uh, creature there can help us continue to develop some stuff. Uh, now we're going to find an Evolving Wilds. There's a Marauding Bone Slasher, the three through the count. Block unless you control another zombie. Uh, maybe we can start to find some color stuff and maybe play into that space just a little bit. Uh, there's a Unburdened. It's Discard 2 or Cycling 2. There's a Dissenters Deliverance that is the Cycling Artifact thing. Uh, there's not really much. I'll, I'll take the... The Mind Twist with Cycling, maybe we can do something with that. Uh, ooh, now we find a Hooded Brawler. That's a nice little pickup. Big Creature is big payoff in this limited format for three. If you ever have, like, a good Exert Creature, you probably just want to take it in general if it's in your colors. Uh, Wasteland Scorpion will add to the team. We're starting to get really heavy on the on the three drops, but uh, we do get a Festering Mummy, which works pretty well as a nice defensive card. Uh, so as we're waiting on our 10th pick pack too, uh, let me just give you a, a quick little summary of what Supreme Draft is and kind of the inspiration for me getting on the mic here right now. Uh, the shorthand is that it's draft, but it's kind of like draft, and you just need yourself to draft the deck. We do table the Desert of the Indomitable. Man, it's so great when you can just table all the deserts you need. Uh, in this format, what essentially happens is It's an 18-pack format. You heard me right on Lucky Lounge Rats. 18 packs you need to play in Supreme Draft. So you take 18 packs, and you open up your packs one pack at a time, and you take two cards out of the pack. And then you set the rest of the pack aside... And then you continue onward and so forth until you round out the rest of your deck uh the rest of our amoket uh draft here in the end of pack two a lot of kind of random chafe here and there some more supernatural stamina's and uh just a lot of stuff that we're, is not going to make the deck we're hoping to maybe see some solid payoff uh maybe a, we can get a late greater sandworm in pack three to get some end game. Uh, and we didn't see a single Trespasser's Curse or Bantu's Monument, so not my favorite, but, you know, we still have plenty of time to make this happen. Uh, So, yeah, it's an 18-pack solo draft format, Uh, and the cool thing about taking those two packs at once lends you to being able to really rely on synergistic plays and putting some cute stuff together relatively easily you're not really competing with other people for colors or deck archetypes and it's really a novel and cool idea and the more i thought about it the more i think this idea has a lot of legs uh all things considered so going into pack three pick one we have an osha cultivator and an evolving wilds which means we can maybe start to think about going a little bit wider on our splashes and seeing what we can do from here we already have an appeal to an authority so if we can really hone in on a white splash which we're going to do with a steward of solidarity there are no green or black cards in this uh, first pick of pack three and it's really a shame so we're going to take it and really unfortunate but who knows maybe we can continue to develop some stuff from here uh pack three pick two there's a baleful ammit the four through with lifelink you put a minus one minus one counter on target creature you control there's another hooded brawler but there's a cartouche of ambition we're kind of light and removal and this is a pretty nice little thing to get here and if we can end up with a trial with our other cartouche maybe we can start to find some things and hey speaking of which black trial is in the pack trial of ambition we're gonna snap that off pretty quickly and pretty happily uh now we see our trespassers curse uh, i'm really hoping to maybe table that uh there is a nest of scarabs which can really be nice but we don't have that much um, minus one minus one counter synergy now it's a choice between a lethal sting and a splendid agony uh and i'm leaning more towards the lethal sting it's basically just really great solid removal for us uh and I think we have enough large toughness things in the early that can really support it. Uh, and now we see the Bantu's Monuments. So I I want to try this out. Uh, I like this. I, I drafted this kind of little pingy deck before. We're giving up on the Greater Sandworm. But if our plan is to just kind of attrition our opponents out between Wall of Forgotten Pharaohs, Bantu's Monument, Double Wander and Death, this feels like a good game plan if we can stabilize a board and continue to just get a little extra value out of things that we find here and there. Pick six pack three. We're going to find a soul stinger. Uh, pretty happy about that. It can work well with some other things we have going on. Uh, then pick three... Oh, sorry. Pick seven pack three. <laughs> Numbers are funny to me. Uh, we're going to take an oasis Ritualist. Uh It can help us, like, kind of empty our hand out and just more creatures with the wander death we're really looking for. Uh, we find a doom dissenter, which is really nice with some of those other minus one, minus one kind things we have going on. Uh... Now we have our table pack. We don't find anything. There's a struggle uh, to survive, which we're not going to end up playing, but we'll take it anyway. Uh, we find another Wander in Death. Uh, I don't think we're going to table the Trespasser's Curse, but we do get another Kenra Eternal, so not too bad. Oh, hey, there's the Trespasser's Curse. All right. So we did table it, and we do kind of have ourselves a game plan here. We're going to go this kind of black-green... Uh, a lot of graveyard recursion, small creatures uh, that can just essentially accrue some good swing value, good returning from the graveyard creature value. We've got one, two, three, four deserts on Ifnir Deadlands, uh, and 2 Hashup Oasis along with a Desert of the Indomitable, uh, and I think we've got something really cool brewing here. This is kind of like little chip damage along with solid swings, and having uh, appeal to authority as a way to end the game, Uh, yeah, I mean, this could be really kind of a cool deck. Yeah, Borak, this isn't exactly one's first choice for a deck, but, you know, we have these little bits of chip damage here and there, and, you know what, if we don't end up trophying with this deck, I still think it's a pretty cool build, and... We're going to go ahead and build the deck and come back in just a second after a commercial break and talk about what we came on the air to talk about in the first place. And that is Magic's most recent announcement of the new draft format known as Supreme Draft. So grab a drink, stick around, and we'll see you in just a moment. Make your next career move your best. Verizon Retail offers the potential to earn up to $50,000 annually and amazing benefits starting on day one, including product discounts and tuition assistance. Apply today at verizon.com forward slash retail careers. Welcome back. Welcome back. You've been gone for a while, my unlucky lounge rats, but welcome back. All of you, as we continue our episode of Draft and Draft, and for those of you who missed the days of 80s sitcoms, well, what can I say except you're welcome for that little Welcome Back Cotter reference? Now, before we get to the deck that we drafted, which I think is kind of cool, it's weird, it's off the kilter, and we got the final little bits and bobs to make the deck hum, and we'll get to that, but before we do, I want to get to supreme draft the reason why i got on this microphone to talk to all of you out there quick recap about this draft format it is an 18-pack solo draft format you open 18 packs one at a time you take two cards out of that pack set the rest aside and you keep going and going and going quite possibly the most expensive draft format that has ever graced the magic player waves and while it's got a barrier of entry i still think that this little format could do quite a bit of good for the community for the player base and for all of us looking to keep the gathering in magic the gathering so it was announced alongside with it being announced for Magic Online, and that's super cool. The ability to phantom draft and program any card uh, is going to allow for this format to run relatively smoothly alongside making sure that we have X, Y, and Z, and programming and all those little kinks that people have to work out that I just have no idea about because I got my degree in theater and certainly not in computer programming. And it's going to work well on... Uh, magic online and i think though it's almost priming itself for the coming magic arena app for one's phone or for one's tablet i mean doesn't it make a lot of sense it's a draft for one person you don't need an eight player queue for this limited format it's almost built for drafting on the go you are at your dentist office, you get called into the procedure room, you put your phone away, and you can pick it back up and draft another day. It's built for that grab-and-go experience, the same kind of experience that other iOS card games like Hearthstone and Eternal give to its player base, and now Magic has a way of doing it. Why they didn't announce it for Magic Arena at the same time is curious to me, but I can probably acknowledge that there's a lot of ins and outs to making that a thing, so I'm not going to be too down on it not being on Arena at the moment, but I highly anticipate it making its way to the iOS, iPhone, and iPad quite soon. But let's talk about why this format is super interesting and what it's going to do for the drafting and play of limited compared to a normal draft environment this feels like it's built almost for best of one drafting because well you don't get ship cut out of colors your choices are based on your own agency the things that you're doing is completely going to depend on the deck that you draft it's going to also support players like me who love to draft a deck, a plan, just like our uh, Trespasser's Curse, Wall of Forgotten Pharaohs, Bantu's Monument, and Obelisk Spider build that we just made here on Amonkhet not too long ago. My goal wasn't to draft something super aggressive, as we started to find that white wasn't really an option for us late in pack one, and we pivoted and found a green-black deck. And the same kind of pivots and agency and choices to make sure that you have a proper deck and not just a ham sandwich, although I do love me a good ham sandwich, don't get me wrong, feels like something that Supreme Draft is going to allow for its player base to not have to worry about. When we start to do these, let's say once per set, players will learn that the overall tapestry of a deck is more important than individual cards, and the article itself kind of addressed this. They said, you know, you could take the rare every time and always play something resembling five-color good stuff, but it seems like they tested this out enough to realize that a deck's overall tapestry, the two drops, the three drops, the curve, the signpost uncommons, the good Hinge point commons that work well in multiple synergies are still important even when you have access to up to 18, 19 possibly rares. So I'm really excited for what this is going to do to just kind of help people with the eyes of what a deck needs work more on a large scale and experiment when you have all the keys to the kingdom. Do you use all the keys? Or do you find that sometimes you don't always need a skeleton key? Sometimes you need the old reliable brass key to get you into the smaller doors to help you open up to the larger ones. And also, the announcement of Supreme Draft kind of acts as almost a hinge post for what Wizards is doing with the limited format. As the higher echelons of play in the digital space and otherwise seem to be moving further and further away from the limited format, much to my chagrin, it seems like magic is allowing the limited format to be more of a space for exploration and play I mean, look at the last seven to eight years. There was two conspiracy sets, a battle bond limited environment. There was the Amonkhet remastered format, double masters. We've got Commander Legends coming up and now Supreme Draft. We get all these new cool ways of recontextualizing something that we have done over and over again. And as we see... Formats come out repetitively. A bear, a 2-2 for 2, can only look so different without it being reconfigured in a different kind of context, like a new limited format. Whoa, 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 Borok, buddy, I'm not saying bears are bad. You know I love bears. I'm just saying repetition and the same kind of limited formats with just slightly different shells is not healthy for the format and they're shaking things up it's super exciting and i'm kind of really hyped for supreme draft now all that being said i do have some ponderances some wonders some questions i'm wondering if the fact that we have every pack with all these infinite options in front of us that maybe decks actually start to get more homogenous. It's very rare that a limited format has 10 archetypes on equal power levels. There's often one or two that really rise above the cream. Take, for example, in Amenket Limited, I think it's pretty clear to see that aggressive white decks are quite strong. And when there's, say, a common that is outrageous like Gustwalker, and I'm opening 18 packs and I take every single one I can, and Let's say I find six Gustwalkers in the course of 18 packs. Well, that feels like an obnoxious deck to both play and play against. And when we have infinite Gustwalker mirrors, that doesn't seem like a very fun environment. So I'm wondering if decks will be more homogenous, or maybe it's just certain formats that are going to be more appropriate for Supreme Draft than other ones. The other thing I'm wondering about is when will this format come to Magic Arena? I mentioned it before, but this feels built for the phone app for the iPad app, the on-the-go drafter, the person that's waiting for an appointment, whips out their phone, starts a draft, and picks it back up later. Certainly, we have that already with the bot drafts on Arena, but hey, this is something different and new, and you don't have to worry about bot algorithms as much when you have an entire pack to pick from every single time. Now, one last thing before we revisit the deck that we just drafted with Amonkhet Remaster. And that is the small little blurb that came on the exact same article that described Supreme Draft. It talked about how we translate this to tabletop magic. Now, before we begin, yes, 18 packs is very expensive, and it's quite an expense for an individual to have to put out there. But as we're in lockdown, this might be a wonderful way for us to still have a limited environment with other people. In this situation, let's say we get on a discard or a zoom call, you open up those packs while on screen, you get to have that same visceral reaction of opening a bomb rare and being so excited to play it. And even if you open something good, you're not going to have to lose it by trying to make a better limited pick, no, those packs that you get are still yours. It kind of gives you all the feel goods with the ability to still draft something that is good now in the same breath that mtg mentioned the tabletop version they said hey this is a great idea to use a spell table spell table being the web page uh, that is affiliated with the play EDH server that I've been enjoying quite a bit during the well COVID times that we all live in right now, and it works quite well. And I think that it is going to be a wonderful tool for us to connect with other people when we say open up a sealed pool uh, for Commander Legends. It's a wonderful database. It has all the little knobs and switches to keep track of commander damage. It can tell you what other people are at with commander damage. It allows you to get card descriptions. It's great. I really enjoy it. And I think that it will be a great tool to facilitate maybe some supreme draft environments. But there's something else that was just kind of hanging with me all day after I read this article that I think has a really great potential. And that is that supreme draft truly supports the LGS, not just in how much you're going to have to spend to engage in one of these events, but the LGS can use this format as a conduit to keep its community together. Imagine this. A player sends an email to their local game store wanting to reserve a box of the latest Magic the Gathering set. The confirmation email is sent in. Then, right at the bottom, there's a little invite, a little description that allows the player to use the box that they just bought to enter into a supreme draft with other people from that local game store that also pre-ordered a box of the latest Magic the Gathering set. It can be on a Zoom call where you can see all the people as they're drafting. You can clearly open up the packs on the screen, see all other 18, 24, 36 players that are also engaging in this. Everything can be seen on the screen, and you can even get a tournament organizer to facilitate through a social communication tool like zoom by using breakout rooms you can partner it with the companion app that magic just went from beta now to live and is free to download on the app store and I don't know I'm just so excited for the potential of bringing supreme draft to a zoom format and combining it with a local game store to create that community that I don't know I certainly have been missing and I just wish that I could draft with my friends at my local game stores again, and I would love for something like this to happen. Who knows, when we go down the line, maybe all my lucky lounge drafts, we can create something amongst all of us. We can have our very own supreme draft using our most recent box from the upcoming Magic the Gathering set. We'll see what happens, and I certainly want to potentially workshop this event idea maybe work with another lgs and see if we can make this happen and if we really want to get fancy you could offer up prizes and you could get planeswalker points involved in it maybe watsi can find a way to have their own to to certify these events but until we get to that level just bringing people together who love the game and have this one player draft format while also supporting those local game stores, I think that this could be such a wonderful way to checkmark all the boxes of things that I've been missing in the game as of recently. Oh my gosh, Pork! yeah, I'm sorry, I almost forgot about the deck that we just drafted a little bit ago. So, my unlucky lounge rats, let me give you a quick little brief recap of the deck that we made together as things were kind of developing the first pick gust walker that we had got abandoned and we went to a green black chip damage kind of deck Uh, with the support of two wandering deaths still thinking about a third one and trying to find space for it uh, we have kind of put together something that looks really cool We're getting little bits of damage between Wall of Forgotten Pharaohs, Obelisk Spider, Bantu's Monument, and Trespasser's Curse. We've got some creatures that can push through damage like Kenra Eternal, we've got some solid creatures that can stay put like Crocodile of the Crossing and uh, Soul Stinger. We also have our green and black cartouche pairing well with Trial of Ambition. We also have a sweet land base with triple desert and an if near deadlands, and the evolving wilds is going to be there to help us with a tiny white splash between steward of solidarity and appeal to authority to help us with those final bits where we get to a board stall and push through uh, the alpha strike now if you want to see a visual of this deck go ahead and find us on twitter at draft and draft quarry where i'm going to post this deck list and give any updates about the play of this deck as it develops but for now friends with all of the information about supreme draft and this spontaneous Amenket remaster draft i found the bottom of my drink and so we've reached the end of this episode thanks for tuning in my name is cory alongside borak and this has been draft and draft now go out there and make some supremely amazing magical memories of your own we'll see you all real soon